Hello, everyone. It is your girl, the Queen of Extreme Francine, and welcome to another episode of Eyes Up Here with Francine on the iHeartRadio Network or wherever you get your podcasts. Joining me, as always, because I can't get rid of them, is my co-host, Chad. Don't shake your head. You know it's true. How are you today, my friend? What can you say? I love being here, and uh, you can't get rid of me if you try. I'm trying. It's not working. I know. (laughs) Uh, We're doing double duty today, ladies and gentlemen, because next week uh, I'm taking the kitties on a little vacay, if you will. Um, Where are we going? well, my husband's going home to uh, to visit his family. He is uh, going to a basketball reunion because he used to play uh, basket basketball for um, the Illini, and uh, he has a reunion. And so he's going there, and and I'm going to take the kids somewhere. I'm not going to say where, <laughs> but I'm going to take the kids somewhere by myself for the first time, and I'm nervous as hell about it. <laughs> let me tell you why i always have it's always the four of us it's always me my husband and the kids he always drives he always plans everything he navigates he knows where everything is me on the other hand not so much i don't have a good sense of direction i forget things um i get nervous driving i'm s- desperately afraid that god forbid i'm gonna get in a car accident um so i plan to drive 18 miles an hour and just cruise. And I, I'm telling you, I have stress about it. I booked it myself, which I, you know, I can do those kind of things, but I've been right. thinking like, God forbid, what if something happens, you know? But um, I just didn't want to be home without him. So I was like, it's boring. Let's just go do something. So we're going to a nice resort and we're going to eat and swim and be merry for four days of our lives and it's gonna be fun i think just gotta get there once i get there i'll feel so much better it's like ah i can breathe now so yeah it'll be fun can i can i come no sure about that absolutely not (laughs) oh man i have my bags packed and everything oh too bad well you you can bring your family and meet us there are you uh gonna be doing christmas cards while you're there no i don't do christmas cards you're lucky if you get a phone call from me (laughs) Send my I'll send my annual Christmas card. Uh yeah. Now we know we I stopped doing that <clears throat> probably like three or four years ago, I think. Um I used to do I used to do the whole thing, get the kids on the, you know, take the picture, put them on the card, send the card out. Then I realized like people were like even the people I was sending cards to weren't sending them back. And that yeah. irritated me. And I was just like, well, F this. I'm not doing it anymore. My Christmas spirit went out the door. So I don't do it anymore. I don't know. Send a nice handwritten one. You know them. Send you one yeah. every year. Yeah, no, you do. And that's very sweet. And I used to be like you. And then my kids got big and I was like, they don't want to take pictures anymore. And who really cares? You know, if you're my friend, I talk to you, you either get a text or a phone call depending on where you rank in the queen's world. And, and that's that. Yeah. You know, some people are up here. Others are down here. And your queen always looking down. I mean, I'm what can you say? I'm always looking down at, at my peasants. But, you know, you know how it goes. I so. do. I do, unfortunately. Anyway, <laughs> uh, so that's that's what we're doing. And um, I don't know. We might go to Great Adventure this weekend. Okay. See the, see the Christmas lights, maybe. So... What do you got planned? You got anything going on? 
Uh, no, this is a quiet weekend. Uh, thank God, you know. But before the the Christmas hijinks start, we always have some wild shenanigans going on. Uh, we have down uh, my way. We have um, King's Dominion, and uh, we plan on doing King's Dominion probably the weekend before Christmas to oh. see their uh, extravaganza. Now they have the peanuts gang at yes. uh, King's Dominion. Mm-hmm. So I think that's pretty cool because I mean, a lot of people associate Charlie Brown and peanuts gang with Christmas. So we'll be doing that uh, for the first time. I love it. It's great. I don't love yeah. Charlie, the Charlie Brown Christmas <gasps> that much. That's I like, I'll, I like it. Like it's one I get out of the way early, <sighs> but uh, I'm hosting a, a, a Christmas. Uh, of course you are, which I didn't uh, get an invite. No, no, no. Time out. Time out. Well, I'll get to that. But um, um, no, at the, uh, at the elementary school, I'm hosting a uh, family movie night where we're watching the Grinch. So that's, that's cute. Yeah. That's a good one. So very cute. Okay. But no, the Christmas party. I'm sorry. You know, certain elements that uh, we can't control in uh, this country of ours have downgraded the partay to a get-together. So get-togethers, you don't usually invite people from outside the the local sphere. Not true. You have have no legs to stand. I swear, if I lived in Virginia and still didn't get invites, I would absolutely be invited. I don't think I would be friends with you at all. Like, I wouldn't even talk to you. That's horseshit. I mean, I know we live very far apart, and that's why I don't take offense. But as right. I always say, a good gesture would be like, hey, I'm having this thing. You know, if you guys want to drive down, you're more than welcome to. I, I know I, you won't, but there's the invite. I foresee inviting you to something in 2024, but I have a feeling you'll be booked. <laughs> so no. you probably won't be coming, but I'm going to invite you to it. So, okay. well, I won't come, but we'll leave it at that. I won't come. Um, but yeah, 2024 is looking really good. Really good. I am so surprised. I have, now we know January, I usually don't take any bookings because I have to, I need a month to prepare for Disney. We all know that. <laughs> um, but I am booked in February. I'm booked, I think, three weekends in March. I'm booked in April for WrestleCon. I'm booked in May. I'm booked in June. Like up until the mid, the middle of the year, I have all this stuff going on and I'm so happy about it because, you know, I really want to start getting out there and working again because this year was just not a good year for me and my family. Um, But next year is looking really promising and I'm very, very excited. And I just hope the offers keep coming in. And, um, you know, if things work out the way we want, I can be working every single month, which would be excellent. I want 2024 to be my year. Year of the queen. I can see it on the marquee right above. That would be great. I just want to be busy. I want to work. I want this to grow. You know, I want YouTube to grow because our YouTube is almost at 10K. I know I sound so repetitive, but we're so close on YouTube and we really need everybody to start downloading these episodes here on iHeart or, you know, Apple or iTunes or Spotify or wherever you listen. Um, And if you're listening now, please go and share and RT and tell your friends. And, you know, I want everything I do to grow and expand. And I want to take over the world. (laughs) That's my New Year's resolution. 
one medium at a time take over the world. You know, it's, it'll be our fifth year. So yeah. I, I think it's uh, it's time. It's time. It's clamoring for the queen. Question, is this going to be your 30th year? Uh, 2024? Is that uh, your 30th is, year? This is my, this December makes 30 years. In oh, the wow. Middle. Interesting. Yes. Very cool. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, it's uh, it's been a hell of a ride. I'm not ready to get off yet. So I want to keep going. Blame you. Yeah, I want to keep going and expanding and doing new things and working with new people and uh, just providing new content for everyone listening. And um, not done yet. Huh. Well, there could be some very cool content coming this way, the uh, the podcast route. So <laughs> uh, I hope so, because I'm ready. We have some, some stuff possibly brewing in the lab, as they say. Do we? Okay. Well, yes, yes indeed. Very good. I can't wait to, to collab and, and uh, hear what you got brewing. So I'm very excited. Yeah, it's going to be a good year. I think it's going to be a good year for both of us. Very optimistic. And you know me, I'm, I'm usually a pessimist about certain things, but I have a good feeling. <laughs> no, not you. <laughs> I know. I never Stop. do. I never have a good feeling, but I, I feel like I have a good feeling about next with, year. With the Saturday Night Live uh, character, Debbie Downer. <laughs> wah, wah. Me? Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> with, the, with the face Debbie Downer makes. The, <laughs> She's the, that was one of the greatest skits that SNL ever had. Absolutely phenomenal. The one at Disneyland was the best thing yeah, they ever did with Lindsay one. Lohan. I've said that a million times. So great. That's the one where they, they couldn't even remotely keep a straight face. Yeah. Yeah. At all. But, but have you sent our guests the uh invite yet? Yes. I okay. Did. I'm gonna let you do the honors because this this is um the Chadster's work. Uh, he had a problem getting this guy in and he's going to ram him for it. So you, you're going to uh, do the intro. And um, once he's ready to come in, hopefully he's uh, he's getting it now and we'll be ready to go. Yeah, I did not think it would be as hard as it as it was, but I guess it was. Some, man. <laughs> I guess you you might uh, chalk it up to crossing of the streams. Maybe, you know, there was uh, the channels. Look. There's so many ways of communication these days. You know, yeah. you send it to this outlet, you send it to this way you get received. I mean, I probably could have gone three or four different routes to get the message out, but the one I went just was like going into a black hole. So when when he jumps on, I'm gonna, yeah. it, you know, and I know what he's gonna say, well, but I had to go through a right. third party to intermediate. <laughs> Oh my gosh. Well, the, the, the worst thing on the planet is when you can tell that somebody read your message and they don't answer you. Yeah. And then they go, Oh, my phone was just, you know, my text message thing was just open and it, it just said red. And I, I hadn't seen it for six hours. I'm like, really? That's a bunch of BS right there. I pet peeve. Like if I, if it says red, answer me, you know, See, mine don't say red. And I get accused Yours of not getting to my messages right away. Yours say delivered. So I know it got there. But when when I'm texting with you and you answer me right away for the first one, and then you take 12 hours for the second one, I literally want to punch you in the face. I know. I hate that. That's annoying. I know. I know. Especially if I need an answer. Like, you're the worst. You're not a good text messenger. I, so. I'm, I swear to you on a stack of Bibles... I sometimes forget 
in the How conversation. You're talking because to me in that moment. I get pulled in 900 directions. Oh, you act like you, you're the only person in the world who has stuff going on. I do not. Every day. Oh my God, what a day. Oh my God. Oh my God. You don't think I'm doing stuff? Do you think I, I'm like Peg Bundy and I just sit on the couch with bonbons all day and watch uh, soap operas and shit? You, I, think you I, wear your, do I think you wear your uh, your Francine outfits around the house and you do yeah. exactly that. That's exactly. Oh, my God. We bought a Christmas tree for the front porch. I went out uh, to, maybe yesterday or the day before to put the balls on it. And I was in my pajamas and it was like 12 o'clock in the afternoon. I was still in my pajamas. The friggin' UPS guy drives up and comes right up to my house, <laughs> standing there, and he's like, "How you doing?" And I was like, "Oh, I'm still in my pajamas. How are you? How embarrassing!" So um, I do stay in my pajamas sometimes. Okay. Well, we'd like to say that's the state flag of Virginia is uh, the red check pajamas. I pants. won't go out in my pajamas. I've never shopped at Walmart in my pajamas. I don't do that kind of stuff but i'll sit in my house in my pajamas if i don't have to go anywhere and the weather's crap why can't i stay in my pajamas if i don't have a like an outside job i was gonna say what you gotta do i mean you know it's uh i've never been like a strict like pajama guy you know like i have my pajama pants on right now (laughs) yeah i mean you do you boo i mean i'm my eagles jersey yeah i'm like you know i'm i'm like a casual like you know attire guy you know so Sweats. Do you like sweats? Sweats. sweats. Love them. Go right from the sweats. And like, even, you know, working from home, like I'll either be in, you know, like the Adidas style track pants or jeans, you know, like I'm, I'd go right into the jeans. Jeans are not comfortable to sit for hours in. They're really not. I mean, if that's good for you, that's great. I mean, again, we're always running around. I'm running out of the house. I got to go to an errand. Yeah. Yeah. But to lounge. Oh no. I need pajamas or nice comfy sweats and i'm good to go yeah. but don't judge me because i know oh, never just stay in your pajamas as well all right so here's <laughs> the probably here's, in his pajamas right now here, here's my introduction a guy who i have a great deal of respect for but hmm. i am absolutely baffled that it took me to go through mike durban to have to get him on the airwaves Cheap uh work. i i like i said respect him to death the one and only the great Vince Russo coming hey, back to eyes up here, but I had to go to Durban to get him. Bro, I don't know what happened. I swear okay. I did not get the email. I looked in my spam. I don't know what happened, but uh, it doesn't matter. We're here anyway, bro. Vince, I, did, thanks did for coming back. Box? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Vince, it's been a while. How? First of all, you look great. Thank you. So do you. You look, so you look you. refreshed and, and uh, rejuvenated. Just got out of the shower, ready to go. I'm starting my day with you, Francine. I can smell you. You, you look clean. Oh, you smell clean. I like oh, that nice. about Aqua you. Velva. Aqua Velva. Aqua Velva. Is that is that what men wear these days? I, I don't, don't think know. I don't think you can get that anymore, bro. Aqua Velva <laughs> was like back in the 70s, man. Is that like Old Spice? Yeah, pretty much. That's yeah. pretty much. But you know, the classics never die. So oh, never, never, ever, ever, ever. Good for you. Vince is associated with the brand. For those of you who don't know, uh, tell us how that's going. I want to start off with that. Well, I want to tell you this real quick, man. Uh, we're, we're doing a special right now. Um, if you have never tried out our Patreon, uh, you can go over there right now and get a free week of the brand. It will cost you absolutely nothing. It will let you sample all our content. Uh, right there on the screen, man. Just go to patreon.com forward slash Russo TWC. 
Awesome. And what what talent do you have with you right now? Because it's been oh, a while. Yeah, right now, I, I always forget somebody. Of course, I've got Stevie <laughs> Richards, Stevie Richards, the great Ben Hameen. I've got Stevie Ray from Harlem Heat. I've got EC3. I've got Al Snow. Um, God, I, I know I, I always forget somebody. But Taylor uh, yeah. Hendricks. She's she's not on no more. Oh, we, 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 no yeah, more. we we switched so some shows around. That's okay. okay. Going into we'll the new on. yeah, going into the new year, I wanted to switch some shows around, so we added some, we took some away. Okay, but uh, yeah, there's there's so much content on there. So much content, yeah, I love it. Um, so I I want to ask you a question. Yeah, and I you know if you don't want to answer, you don't have to, but I I have a feeling you'll want to. Go ahead. <laughs> What's with all the feuds? What feuds? You're feuding. Uh, I saw I saw you just tweeted Triple H. I think right. you're trying to fight him. I think you're trying to fight Sean Ross Sapp. No. Oh, uh, for, 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 first of all, I don't I don't know. I don't know. I don't know him as Sean Ross Sapp. Unless you're a celebrity, you don't you don't get three name treatment. The fact of the matter is the dude's name is Sean Sapp. And you know they made fun of him all throughout grade school and high school. He he doesn't he doesn't he's not worthy of the middle name. So if you're gonna if you want to discuss him with me, that's fine. But I don't know any Sean Ross Saps. I just know a Sean Sap. Okay, well, whoever you know, I I met him once. I have to say he was lovely to me. Yeah. Right. very very nice man okay let me tell you how lovely he is francine he, he's so lovely and how this whole thing started this guy is so lovely bro that i am sitting on my couch one night a couple of months ago man 11 30 at night and i get a i get a text out of the clear blue sky from sean ross sap saying oh. vince i just want you to know what a big piece of shit you are that's how lovely that's how wonderful sean ross sap is so the bottom line is you talk about these feuds bro you want to poke the bear you want to go at it with me fine bro like let, let, let's go let, let's see how that's going to turn out for you the problem with triple h is and Francine, you will agree to this. And you don't have to even agree to this. I know you're going to agree with this. Don't give me the bullshit with it's a different time. Wrestling is evolving. Bro, wrestling today is the same as wrestling was 100 years ago. You have a match. The idea of the match is to pin and beat your opponent. You could beat him three ways. You could pin him, you can get counted out, or he can get DQ'd. That has been the same for a hundred years. Wrestling has not evolved. So stop with the bullshit. And the bottom line is the WWE sold out. They sold out, bro. Bottom line, they got to the point, we're going to be politically correct. We're not going to insult anybody. We're not going to have an edge anymore. We're not going to be dangerous anymore. We're going to put on mamby-pamby programming. And Francine, that's fine. A lot of people sell out. People will say Snoop Dogg sold out because he's in a million commercials. I got no problem with selling out because that's part of business. What I got a problem with is don't bullshit us. Don't give me this evolution, this evolving. Don't you, you guys sold out, period, end of story. Say you sold out and let's move on. Is it selling out though, or is it just trying to extend the brand, adapt to the times, uh, 
you know, uh, why- yeah, they they adapted to the times by selling out, by by not doing anything that's going to possibly offend anybody. Listen, Francine, this is professional wrestling. You're you're going to be in the professional wrestling business, and and you know, and and not you know, get somebody's panties in a wad. You always are, no matter no matter what, bro. There are going to be people that are upset. If people want to find a problem with your product, they'll find a problem with your product. You're not going to please everybody. So when you know they, they made a decision to become politically correct, so they could be in business with Saudi Arabia and they could be in business whoever they want to. But we are talking about professional wrestling here. We're not talking about a puppet show. Professional wrestling was never meant to not, you know, get somebody upset. It was never meant to be that. Okay, uh, tell me about you and Bubba. What about oh, me, right. Bubba? The mist. Oh God! Yeah. <laughs> this is. I'm pulling up things that have caused He's a stir down. on X. Well, you you know, according to Sean Sapp, uh, here's a funny thing. Um, according to Sean Sapp, Francine, I'm doing all of this to stay relevant. Okay. Now you're trying to get a job with. Yeah. Double well, double not double. not only that. Here's what <laughs> cracks me up. Here's okay. what cracks me up. Raw drew a million and a half people on on Monday night. If I was trying to stay relevant, the absolute last genre I would try to stay relevant would be wrestling. Wrestling is not relevant. Wrestling hasn't been relevant for years. So if I was actually trying to stay relevant, I promise you, I would not be doing it through a through a company and through a business that is the most irrelevant in entertainment and sports across the board. Now, according to Bubba, is I you know I'm, I'm, I I watch these shows, Francine, only because I get paid to watch these shows. Mm-hmm. The the minute I, I they stop paying me, I stop watching. It's that simple. But I am watching. I'm watching this. Okay, first of all, I got to check my watch to make sure it's 2023. So I'm watching Cody Rhodes come out and explain how Nakamura spewed a poison mist, a poison mist into his face. But yet here we are seven days later and they're both perfectly fine. I I just didn't understand that. If Nakamura is holding a poison in his mouth, I'm thinking it's blistering. I'm thinking he's got canker sores. I'm thinking he can't breathe. I'm thinking his 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 his, his uh, lit larynx is closing up. And then Cody gets the poison in the eyes, and I'm thinking of oh my god, you know, bro, it's like can you imagine getting Clorox in your eyes or you know even uh, even pepper spray? But here we are a week later, and we're both perfectly fine. To me. That's what casual fans laugh at. And the reason why you still get crap today, Francine, I'm not telling you anything you don't know. You've got the wrestling bubble 
and they all live in the wrestling bubble. They don't have a clue to what's going on on the outside world. You got people in there, bro, that through politics have been holding their spots forever when, when, when the world passed them by a long time ago. So when I, when I hear of a poison mist, people are laughing at that. And, and, you know, it, it, whatever, Bubba can say whatever Bubba wants to say. Back in the day of, of, of Muda, nobody ever said it was poison. <laughs> nobody Poison is a whole different category, Francine. Yeah, I'm trying to think because I've taken that from Tajiri. Tajiri used to use Was it poison? I, I, you know, it was the green mist. Was it poison? Um, was it poison? I don't know if it was poison. Um, I've taken it a couple times, and I know it went into every orifice of my body. Was it had, poison, though? I what, don't you, know. What, I, you know, I can't remember if it was poison. Did your skin um, boil? Did, 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 did your eyeballs boil? I did come to work the next week. What would you call it? If you had to rename this mist, what mist. would you call it? Mist. We don't know what's in the mist. Okay. Something temporary. Blinding blinding. It's yes. a blinding mist. Yes, blinding mist. Blinding. Thank you, Chad. But poison, blinding. like poison, bro. I I'm actually gonna put poison in my mouth. Bro, I I'm I'm sorry. These are the things you have to look at because it's 2023. It's not 1973. These like, are the things you have to look at. I'm reading because I love to read comments. Anyone that I follow, I read comments. I like to see what fans are saying about things. People are still blaming you. And we've talked about this before. Now we're on iHeart, so we have a new audience that's listening. So I'm going to say it again. People are still blaming you for like downfalls of companies, coming up with ridiculous angles, things that you said you weren't even a part of and fans just seem to love to to pick at you and argue with you constantly like the thing that i want to know is how are you not losing your mind oh, because well for, first of all be a, a couple of reasons first of all i never read comments and second of all some of them so you do read comments because i no, I, I don't i don't i don't read the comments i'll i'll How only do you respond to comments if you don't if you don't i read don't them. respond to comments i've seen you respond i to don't comments. francine i don't unless unless it's a bubba francine i don't I, I mean i'm telling you i don't i i do you know on my i did a video yesterday on youtube that's at five thousand views i don't look at those comments i i will i will see comments on twitter Yes, that's what I'm referring to. Oh yeah, no, I I only unless it's a bubba or unless it's somebody in the industry or the business, I my comments are very few and far between. Very okay. few. And because here's the reason, it's real simple. My my brand of television was entertainment. All of these people commenting want, believe wrestling is real. They think it's real. They've convinced themselves it's real. They want 20, 30-minute wrestling matches. They want to put stars to those wrestling matches. And that's not how I wrote TV. And, oh, my God, surprise, surprise, surprise. The television I wrote had the highest ratings in the history of wrestling. Why? Not because I was a genius, Francine, because I opened it up to everybody through entertainment. If, if In wrestling today, if you're not a fan of the wrestling, you're not watching. 
It's that simple. So, you know, I opened it up to everybody. You didn't have to be a fan of the actual wrestling. And that's that's what the marks didn't like. So it's it's real, it's real simple. And that's why I I don't look at comments and I don't answer comments because I know they're their ridiculous mindset. Storylines to me are very important. Very important. If a story doesn't draw me in, I can't waste 30 minutes of my time. Even if the guys are great workers, I, I, I need something to right. invest in yes. and to bring me back every week. So I, I 100% agree with what you're saying. And I feel like you excelled at that storytelling aspect of the Be, business. Because that's what your casual fan, your casual television, television audience wants. That's what they want. That's why you are drawing a 1.5 million people. They're not interested in 20-minute wrestling matches. Mm -hmm. Right. What would you do either with WWE or AEW to change if they hired you? And I know you're not interested. I'm, yeah, not, I'm not interested. It's I never going to happen. 100% you're not interested. Yeah. But with you, all of your expertise, because you have been in the business for a very long time, what would you do to pop a rating these days? Francine, it's real simple. And it's the same thing I told Vince McMahon in 1996 when they were doing Mantar and TL Hopper and the goon and all this ridiculous crap. I told Vince McMahon in 1996, Vince, this product needs to mirror society. What that means is it's real simple, Francine, realism, realism, make it real and work, work the shoot, work the shoot, not, not poison mist in the eyes. I'm talking about reality. Francine, here's a perfect example. Okay. CM Punk comes back after 10 years. Yeah. Everybody in that locker room has a different opinion. Why aren't you putting the microphone in their face and saying, what do you think as a shoot of CM Punk coming back to the WWE and let the people tell the truth? Why wouldn't you do that? That is such a missed opportunity. Then Francine, based on the comments, now you roll with <coughs> who said what. Do you but, feel but to, like but to totally ignore that is ridiculous. But I feel like if if I'm in that locker room and I have heat with punk, I'm afraid to say the truth because am I going to get heat for it? Is that going to cause me heat with the boys? Not, not if that's what management is telling you to do. If the if management it's going to cause heat with the boys. No, it's not. No, it's not. Not, 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 not. No, because because the smart boys, Francine, and you know all this, the smart boys will know that they can make money with that. Hmm. Oh, they they know that, bro. And that's especially punk. Punk, you you you, bro. His 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 promo was horrific. The fact that you're telling me I'm home after you got fired on your wedding day, give me a break, bro. Give me a break. They fired your ass on your wedding day, and I'm home. I'm home. So what, what does he do different? I read a little exactly what he said at the end of the promo, which was off cat, which was off mic. The last thing he said was, 
I'm not here to make friends. I'm here to make money. That's the freaking promo. That's the promo. So if people do have a problem with CM Punk, CM Punk is going to make money with that problem. CM Punk is a pro. But to totally ignore all of that, that's why when Punk was on the show two weeks ago, they did 1.9 million. The following week, we lost 400,000 viewers. And and you don't know why? Okay. That's, just, what I'm, that's what I'm talking about, selling out, playing it safe, Mamby Pamby. That's what I'm talking about. Yeah. I feel like if, if I was in that locker room, I would tell Punk, I'm just going to say I hate you, but I really love you. <laughs> just so I wouldn't get any heat. Well, I don't want heat with anyone. <laughs> I think, man, if I am head writer and, and I know Vince would have done it back in the day. Listen, Francine, it, you know, it's the, back in the day when the uh, Montreal screw job went down. Mm -hmm. And, you know, Vince goes into Brett's locker room. The, ne the next day we're in a production meeting and Vince has a black eye. So here, here's who's in the meeting. It's me. It's Pritchard, it's JR, it's Pat, it's Briscoe, like Kevin Dunn, maybe like six people. So Francine, I'm watching this and every single person in that room, you know, Vince, Vince is not talking. Vince is listening. Every single person in that room wants to sweep it under the rug like it never happened. So I'm sitting there and I'm listening to all this. And then after hearing what everybody had to say, I said, are you effing nuts? This is a once in a lifetime opportunity. Bret Hart punched Vince McMahon in the face. And you're going to sweep that under the rug like it never happened. Nothing like this will probably ever happen again in the history of this business. And you are not going to take advantage of that. And, and, and as I'm saying this, I'm looking at Vince and I know Vince is thinking he's 100% right. We get back to Stanford that week. And that's when Vince went in the studio and cut the Vince McMahon didn't screw Bret Hart. Bret Hart screwed Bret Hart. And that was the start of the Mr. McMahon character. That would have never happened if Vince Russo was not in the room. If Vince Russo was not in the room, they would have swept that all right under the rug. And you might not ever even had a Mr. McMahon. And they're doing the same thing today. You're bringing back a guy like CM Punk who's got controversy out the wazoo everywhere he goes, everybody he meets, and you're not going to allow your roster to give their real feelings about Punk and then work that into programming content? You're, you're fools, man. You're absolutely fools. That's an interesting take. Very interesting take. Um, if I can switch gears, do you have anything to add, Chad? Because I'm going to switch gears for. No, I mean it's. It, no, I, what else can I say? I mean it's okay. just. It's, I can't recognize any bit of what I watched. I watched that whole RAW, and I haven't watched a RAW in years from start to finish, just because I wanted to see what Punk had to say. And I got suckered into three hours, and I said the show should be two. 
if you had to if you had to write three hours of a raw Vince, in the heyday of 98 i mean wouldn't you have exhausted some of your best ideas if you had to stretch it another i'll, hour? I'll be chad i'll be honest with you man when ed and i went over to nitro the first nine nitros were three hours right bro with the roster we had we had absolutely no problem absolutely no problem writing a three-hour show bro here's the problem they don't have writers they don't have writers. They've got Paul Haim. They got the Haymans and they got the Pritchards and they got the Michael Hayes and they got all these people. These people are not writers. They've never been writers. They've never been trained as a writer. They don't have a degree in writing. Just because Triple H won 35 world titles doesn't make Triple H a freaking writer. I, Chad, they did the same thing. Francine, same thing. The day after Owen Hart dies. They want to go on and shoot a Raw with no mention of what happened the night before. No mention. We're going to put on a regular show. I went into a closed-door meeting with me, Vince McMahon, and Kevin Dunn. And I started emotionally breaking down. And I basically, I not basically, I told them, if this show is not a tribute to Owen Hart, I am going home right now. I'm going home right now. Because if you're going to have a raw like nothing happened last night, I I'm not going to be a part of that. And then what did they what did they what did they turn the show into? It was a memorial to Owen Hart. Right. But bro, that's because I was there. And, 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 and like, I, I was the guy who was never in the bubble. I was just a, a, a wrestling fan. I, I was a father. I, I was a husband. I was a regular guy. So I did not see things through their ridiculous bubble. And I was the only one that said, I, I'm, I'm literally leaving right now if that's what this show is going to be tonight. So you're, you're trying to say they wouldn't have even acknowledged him down the line you don't what do you, you don't think uh, owen hart they would they would have they would have they would have mentioned what happened last night and had about a a, a three minute package and that and would have been it. the end of it that would have been the end of it yes wow yes that happened that happened i believe you 100 percent. i believe that's what you. i'm talking about that that's that's what i mean about the wrestling Bubble. That's that's what I'm talking about. Huh. That one I never heard. But I, I, I've never really said that before. That's exactly. It was. But, it was just the three of us in a room. Just well, the three of us. Instead of it being this iconic show now that we all remember and yes. can, you know, just close your eyes and see Austin, you know, saluting the the Tron and everybody's emotional speeches. That's incredible that they would just bypass that for matches for the sake of matches on a show where people were wrestling with bloodstains in the middle of, of, of a canvas. Yeah. It, it, like I said, Chad, the same exact thing when Brett punched Vince and we're not going to talk about this. They, they're still in the we're not going to talk about this mode. Ugh, unbelievable. Incredible. Let me switch gears because um, I've always said I'm not a big fan of Dark Side of the Ring right. only because it's such a negative light shined upon pro, pro wrestling. And all of us that are in it are really proud of what we've done and what we've accomplished. If we weren't, we wouldn't be in this business, honestly. Um, I watched an episode and forgive me, I can't remember what the the... Uh, theme was, but it was centered around you. 
And I never really saw you talk about it after it aired. What was your opinion of that Dark Side of the Ring? Do you know what I'm talking? Was it Bash at the Beach or something? I will tell you exactly. I'll tell you. Yeah, Bash at the Beach 2000. I'll tell you exactly what happened. Okay. The first uh, Dark Side I did was about the Brawl for All. Okay. And when I made the decision to do that, I'm like, Bro, like this is this is no big deal. This this isn't the, the the plane ride from hell. Like this is the brawl for all tournament. How how did this come about? There was nothing scandalous about this. Nothing. So I'm like, okay, I'll, I'll talk about the brawl for all. I'll I'll take responsibility for me pitching the idea to Vince and everything else. So I thought it was no big deal. So I I agree to do the brawl for all episode and. During that episode, the the producers of the episode, um, they decide that they're going to turn it into Vince Russo versus Jim Cornette. Okay? So now I see that air, and I'm like, you, fr- you freaking guys. Like, sir, I, I understand TV is all about freaking ratings, but don't, don't blindside me like that. Okay? So, Francine, fast forward. Two to three years later, they call me again to do uh, Bash at the Beach. So first thing I said is, are you guys freaking kidding me? I I, I did the brawl for all with you guys, and you guys turned it into a Vince Russo, Jim Cornette angle, which there is no angle. (laughs) I could give two shits about Jim Cornette. I am so over and so past Jim Cornette, I could give two shits. So I said, and and you have the goal to come back to me and ask me to do this bash at the beach. So Francine, right hand to God, you know, I am a, uh, you know, I've been podcasting now for 10 years. This is how I make my living. I don't want to go back to any wrestling company. That will never happen. So they basically said to me, Vince, what will it take you to do the bash at the beach? Francine, I threw a ridiculous number at them ridiculous and they said okay we'll pay you that and i said okay i said i I want that up front okay (laughs) and 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 they paid me that ridiculous amount so i did bash at the beach okay but 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 again francine you got to understand something for for me anyway when i go into the when i go into like these dark side you know these dark side shows my whole thing is I am not going into, I'm not burying anybody. I'm not burying you, you, You're going to ask me what happened and I'm going to tell you what happened. I'm not going to sit here and bash anybody. And if you watch the uh, bash at the beach, you, you see Bischoff just, I mean, just absolutely burying. I did not say one negative word about Eric Bischoff. I did not say one negative word about Hulk Hogan. That's not what I do. If you if, if you want to ask me what happened, I'm going to tell you what happened. Whether you want to believe that or not is up to you. But you can watch me on those shows. I do not talk negatively about anybody. Well, you said that on the first one, they made it, 
you against Jim Cornette. Right. On this one, it was you against Eric Bischoff and right. Hulk Hogan. Did you know that going in that that was going to be the angle? Absol- that absolutely. Be- but the money they paid me was ridiculous. Okay. So okay. I was so like, you- guys, like I said, I am going to come here. I am. You, you're going to ask me a question. I'm going to tell you the truth. I'm not interested in burying Hulk or Eric, and I'm not going to do that. From that point on, yes, Francine, I knew they were going to do whatever they wanted with it. But like I said, man, the the money they paid me for it was ridiculous. Yeah, I'm sure. I just saw it and I was just I was interested uh, in the concept, um, not really knowing you that well. And never I met Eric Bischoff like one time, shook his hand and walked away. I've never met Hulk Hogan, but you hear certain things. Mm-hmm. And I, you never know what's true, what's not true. Well, so, you, you, you know, you know when I'm saying something, it's true. It's true. It's always yeah. true. Okay, one thousand percent here. One thousand percent. I, at, at, at almost sixty three years old, a grandfather of two, I, ha, I, th- there is nothing in this world I would ever. I have. Do you really think I'm going to lie about wrestling shit from thirty years ago? <laughs> like, like seriously, I'm, I'm going to lie about it. And, and 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 I'll tell you, Francine, I would never if it was you know they they have shows that are character assassinations on people i would never do one of those shows if 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 they're gonna pay me money to bury somebody i'm not gonna take that money i'm not gonna take that money like you know they did a show on tammy I'm I'm not I'm not gonna go on. I mean that 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 poor woman's had enough problems. I'm not gonna go on that show and bury Tammy, no matter how much you pay me. But if it's something like Vince, what happened at Bash of the Beach? This is what happened at Bash of the Beach. Whether you want to believe me or don't believe me, I don't give a crap. So uh, I know you don't do conventions and stuff, but if you did, are you the type of person that would go and shake their hand, or would you just ignore them? Shake whose hand? Shake like a Bischoff's hand or I, a hand. I, I don't have a problem with anybody. Okay. With anybody. You know how many times I've come on here and said, I will do a face-to-face with Eric Bischoff. I will do a face-to-face with Jim Cornette. I will do a face-to-face with Dave Meltzer. I don't have a problem with any of these people. But for some reason, they don't want to do a face-to-face with me. So, So you tell me why. If I had anything to hide, I certainly would not publicly put that out there. Mm. So when I publicly put it out there and nobody accepts it, I, I got to ask myself why. I think you're a good debater. Maybe they're uh, scared. Totally. I don't know. It has nothing to do with, with debating. <laughs> it has, but it, you it are ha- a good debater. Yeah, it has to do with who's telling the truth and who's lying. That's what it, And it also has to do with this, Francine. They're still playing their characters. Okay, mm-hmm. Eric Bischoff is playing Eric Bischoff on his podcast. Jim Cornette is playing Jim Cornette on his podcast. So they're saying a lot of things in character because their audience can't tell what's fact and what's fiction. I don't play my freaking character. I, I left my character in, in, in the ring when I walked away from wrestling. I don't play character. What, what, what I play is, you ask me something, I'm going to tell you the freaking truth. That, that goes back to what you said before about everybody believes it's real. The comments that we get about this show is everybody sees how real Francine is. There's no characters to be found on these airwaves. 
being a part of the brand for the years that I was, that's what I could say about listening to what you said. There was no Vince Russo character. What you saw was what you got. Every time you hear Bischoff, and I was around Bischoff a lot, you know, I worked with Bischoff on, on conventions and shows. He could turn on the character, and you got the NWO, Eric Bischoff, you know, bad guy, I'm cool, too cool for the room. You got that. And that's what these podcasts have spawned is another group of characters. And now the fans that also watch the shows and listen to the podcast have become a part of these worlds. So whereas the brand is like kind of a family, these podcasts are just like the wrestling crowds and they buy into these characters that now the wrestlers have made on podcast. Area. Yeah. You know, you know, absolutely Chad, because you know, Francine, you had the, the you had the list of these uh, beefs, right. And why I'm in all these things. Here's a perfect case scenario, Chad, of what we're talking about. I, I, I'm sitting here minding my own business the other day. And I, I, I come across a story where it was a podcast and somebody asked Jake Roberts, about Vince Russo being in the Hall of Fame. So so my, my first question is, guys, I worked with Jake on maybe one, two, or three occasions. Every time I work with him, he was gone the next week because either, you, you know what Jake was dealing with at the time. So every time I work with him, I turn around and he would be gone because of something that he did. So I worked with him very, very, very rarely. So now, now the question comes on a podcast to Jake Roberts. What, do you th what, what would you think about Vince Russo being in the Hall of Fame? So my, my first question is, why are you bringing Vince Russo's name into an interview with Jake Roberts when I had nothing to do with the dude's career? Yeah. Okay. So Jake Roberts turns around, laughs, and says, F no. My dead dog had better ideas than Vince Russo. Oh. Okay, bro. So what? What? Why? Why is Jake saying that when, bro? I can go down the list. Obviously, I never had any kind of a relationship with him. He has no idea who I am as a human being. And oh, by the way, under my thumb. Two wrestling companies had the best ratings they ever had in their history. And I'm talking about WWE and TNA that was drawing over 2 million people. So it's real simple. Why is Jake saying that? Jake is saying that because he knows that's what the interviewer wants to hear. Jake wants to get over with the cool kids. Oh, man, look at Jake. Look at what Jake said about Ventures. That's why he's doing it. You think you think Jake Roberts has any idea of what I booked and what I didn't book? What was my idea and what wasn't my? He has no freaking idea. What is he trying to do? He's trying to get over with the cool kids, that internet crowd, the wrestling marks. So I understand that and I get it, but I'll be honest with you. Bro, the dude is older than me. And it's like, you know, bro, if if you if you you really you're going to bury me who you don't even know, you don't have any idea of what I booked and what I didn't book to get over with the more crowd. Like, bro, you're going to be doing this when you're 70, 75. That's why, Francine, I don't rip people, because if you look at my response to Jake Roberts on Twitter, what did I say? I said Jake Roberts was probably the most creative when it came to 
character and story in the history of the business. So I'm not going to sit there and rip you because I know exactly what you're trying to do. I think it's sad and pathetic, but at the end of the day, I am going to put you over because I don't have a problem with you, Jake. So you could say whatever you want about me because I understand why you're saying it. I feel like you're such a likable guy. I don't understand like all of this negativity that comes towards you. Because like, they're feeding into it. This this is what this is what today's wrestling marks the dirt sheet writers, this is what they want. And what does Jake want to do at the end of the day? C come on, Francine, let's be honest. He wants to get over with AEW because maybe, I, I even think he's working there now. I know he was. I don't know if he's on hiatus. He wants to get in good favor with them. So how do we do that? I'll just throw rocks and stones at uh, Vince Russo because that's what they like. And, you know, my thing is, bro, Man, if you want to get back into the business that badly, bro, say whatever you want about me. Like, if it's that important to you to get back into wrestling, throw me under the bus all day long. I don't Great. get it. I wouldn't ask Jake anything past 1989. Yeah, well. <laughs> What's the point? <laughs> yeah. Uh, I have one, one final question for you. Biggest misconception about Vince Russo. Deep, very deep question. God, that's, it's so, that's hard to say because like I put it, like I put it all out there. I don't, I don't hold any punches. Like. I feel like you're not understood. <laughs> I feel like you're very complex. I don't, I, I, Francine, Francine, I, I think I'm very, very simple. Okay. Vince, Mc, Vince McMahon. Put me in a position. This is where this all started. Vince McMahon put me in a position. Vince, you have to get as many people to watch our show as possible. You have two hours to do it. Okay. That's it. Period. Francine, I swear, you. you here's, here's what people don't understand. And Francine, I don't know about your background. Here's people I don't understand. And if I hear this story one more time, I swear to God, I'm going to puke in my own mouth. Oh. I had a dream. Oh, when I was five years old, I dreamed of being at the main event of WrestleMania. I had a dream. Francine, when I was writing in the wrestling business for WWE, WCW, uh, TNA, it was not a dream. It was a job. It was a job. It's no different than what I'm doing now. It's no different than when I own video stores. It's no different than when I worked for CBS Publishing. I had a job. And, and no matter what job I'm in, you're going to get 110% from me, and I'm going to do the absolute best I can. So it wasn't a dream. I wasn't a mark for the business. I wasn't so thankful to be there. I had a job to support my family. And that, that's what's so hard for people to freaking understand that like I wouldn't have killed for a job in the WWE. Francine, I got hired first as a freelance writer. I, and then from there, the editor got fired. I got the editor's job. Television writing wasn't even on my radar. 
It's not something I wanted to do. They were paying me 60 grand as the editor of the magazine, Francine. I thought that was all the money in the world. Right. I was, they, they moved me to Connecticut. I was able, you know, we're talking about now back in 95. I was able to support my family on 60 grand. I was made. I had no inspirations of writing TV and being the head writer of Raw and and riding in limousines with Vince Roos, with Vince McMahon. You think you think any of that crap ever ca- crossed my mind? That shit happened because it was supposed to happen. Mm-hmm. Everything happens for a reason. All that stuff was supposed to happen. But people can't fathom this wasn't my dream. This isn't what I live for. Paying dues and all that bullshit. It's a freaking job, man. 99% of the boys in the business had this dream yes. since they were two years old. Yes. Like I, I'm like you. I kind of fell into it. Yes. I never, I didn't even like wrestling until I was 19 years old. Like right. I didn't watch it my whole life. I wanted to be a mother. I was playing with dolls when I was, you know, 10 years old saying one of these days I'm going to be a mommy. That (laughs) was my dream. That was my goal. Because you, because you were normal. You were normal. I still say I'm one of the most normal people that this business tried to corrupt, but didn't. Yep. Because there was so much temptation and it just wasn't my path. Yep. You know, thank God. I, I, I thank God every day for where I'm at and what I have and, I am probably one of the more normal people. You know, we're all a little, little tiny bit wacky. Right. Of course. Right. But there's way more wackier than, than I am. Right. <laughs> you know what I mean? And like for the years, I want, like, I thought I was going to be married at 20. I wanted five kids. Right. You know, I wanted this, yeah. this nice house and I didn't get that. I didn't meet my husband till 34. Now I have two beautiful children. I have a great husband. I have a great home. Like, this is what I dreamed of, right. not wrestling. Right. So I get where you're coming from. Yeah, I mean, I I I got a I got a degree in journalism and I wanted to write. I, I got the job as the editor of the WWF magazine. Oh, great. This is this is all that I wanted. But but it's like when this isn't. When this isn't your life like 24-7, like they, they've got a problem with that. And I'm like, my God, this this will always be a job to me, man. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I, I not kissing your ass because, you know, I, I like you. Um, my favorite time was in the 90s. Lots of the things that you wrote, I was very entertained with. I've said it. How many times? I, I don't watch the current product. I watch it when I need to. I watch clips of my friends and I watch things that we have to report on. But I was a diehard fan. What drew me in was most of the shows that you worked on. So to me, that was when wrestling was at its peak and it was very entertaining. And that's when I would sit there for the three hours and enjoy the whole ride. Yeah. You know, now I don't have the willpower to sit for three hours. You you know what it is? I I swear to God, it, it it really dawned on me. I'd say about a couple of weeks ago and, and Francine, I swear to God, Chad, if you start looking at it this way, it really becomes much more understandable. Okay. And I've come to the conclusion. Listen, I, I watch the shows 
and I rip the shows every week. And, and here's why I rip the shows, because I say to myself, bro, when that show is over, there is no way in hell you can look in the mirror and say, I, I did the absolute best that I can. It's lazy booking. Everything is drawn out. They're just trying to fill three hours. But then I, I finally came to the conclusion because I noticed, like Francine, Triple H was making like just so there were so many mistakes that was like wrestling 101, like so many just simple, stupid mistakes. And, and as a guy that worked with Triple H and respected Triple H, I'm sitting here and I'm saying, bro, this guy came from Killer Kowalski. He can't, he, bro. I, I can't sit here and say Triple H is an idiot and doesn't know what he's doing, but there's no other explanation because the things I'm talking about are elementary. Then, you know, as, as I'm pondering this, Francine, I, I come up with the answer. I think in 2023, right now, it's this simple. I think the WWE are looking at themselves as strictly content creators. And it doesn't matter if the content is good, if the content is bad, if the content doesn't draw ratings. None of that matters. Because now, you know, with, with streaming services and, you know, uh, SmackDown was just picked up by USA and now they're shopping Raw. They are content creators. I don't think they care about their content because, come on, Francine, at ECW, you, you are around some of the greatest talents in the business that are still talked about today. When you turn on their show, I swear to you, 50% of that roster has no business being on television. Zero. You know they're never going to get over. Nobody's ever going to remember who they are. So why are they there? They're there to create content. That's all they care about. So when you, if you can start looking at it through that as through that aspect, it really explains why you're just not getting good television shows anymore. I love your yeah. honesty. That's the 100%. that's the one thing I I admire about you, Vince. You're you're just honest to a fault, and and I appreciate you coming on and giving us your uh, your two cents about the business these days. Because I appreciate, and, and you know, Francine, like I, I can talk for all three of us. Here's the one thing that bothers me about that concept. Francine, this is your show. Chad's producing your show. He's your co-host. This is my show. This is my podcast. Listen, man, when my name is attached to anything, I want it to be the best it possibly can. I don't care if people love it or hate it. I got to be able to look at myself and say, bro, you gave it your all. You did everything. So here's what I'm talking about, Francine. One word, pride. Where's your freaking pride? I, I, I don't care that you're content creators. Your name is on this. What happened to your pride? Because I'm sure, Chad and Francine, you don't want to put anything out there that's shit. And, I, and I'm sure that if you thought it was shit, you'd do it over. Right. I, I've done that. I've recorded shows on my own that I thought were shit that I've done over. So, like, that that's the one thing is, like, 
bro, whether you're content creators or not, your name is on this. Where's your pride? That's a, that's all. You have to end with that because yeah. we can't say no more. Vince, tell people where they can find you uh, on social media and what to sign up for. Yeah, guys, I'm just I'm just going to tell you one thing, man, because, again, it's the holidays, Black Fridays every weekend. So uh, we have a deal right now. If you've never been a member of our Patreon, you can see it right on the screen. Just go to patreon.com forward slash Russo TWC and sign up for your free week. I appreciate you so much. Thank you for coming on. I think you're a three-timer now. Yeah, I, I think, think so. We, we've we've once, done part of Yeah, he came on once. Then he co-hosted when you were sick or on Florida, vacation. Florida. And then this would be number three. Yeah. We've, we've yeah. done a lot of good business together. It's always a pleasure speaking to you, sir. I have the utmost respect for you. And uh, everybody, go over to the brand and sign up because this man knows what he's talking about. Yes, and I will Thanks have Mike Durban give you my best. <laughs> uh, Vince, thank you so much for coming on. Merry Christmas. Happy New Year. And you God too. Bye. Thank you, guys. Have Thanks, a great, buddy. great holiday. Yeah, you too, Bye. sweetie. Take care. He's look that that hour flew by, and oh, yeah. there were so many things that he touched base on that I just feel like was groundbreaking. Oh, I got a, oh, I got a big one. <laughs> <laughs> you you marking it down? Oh, I got and, a big one. I got a big star also, next to it. <laughs> we also need a bro count. We need a bro counter. We yes, need a bro count. Um, but I've always, you know, I, I I always see people pick at him, and I just always had the utmost respect for Vince because he tells it like it is. And again, you know, they always say there's two sides to every story: mine, yours, and the truth. Right? He just seems like he's just telling. He doesn't care. At this point, like he said, what's he going to lie about something that happened 20, 30 years ago? Like, who cares? You know, you give your side and and that's that. And I respect that about him. He doesn't seem to care if he pisses anybody off by it either, you know? No. So he's very entertaining. To this day, he's still entertaining. Yeah. I remember, you know, growing up, you heard the name. You know, you heard he was Vic Venom who wrote in the magazine, you know, when he was on TV sometimes. He did some commentary. Mm -hmm. You heard the first shoot interviews by Cornette where he buried him. So you got a perception of who he was. And then you heard the jump to WCW. He became an on-air character and built this great heel persona that carried into what the real guy was. And until you can find out who the person is, People have still associated that perception from the 90s to what he is today. And I can't fathom that. Now, preparing for my first interview with him in 2016, that's where I started to really see who he was as a person and completely changed what I thought because I was like, wow, this is a this is a, a completely different man. He's such a nice man. Yeah, too. he's a nice, he's a family guy. Yeah. I'm not even talking about the faith stuff and his and his beliefs. He's just a dedicated, hardworking dude with a family who was dedicated to his craft, and he just wants to put out a good product. And he's just been a complete misunderstood person in terms of his job. Now, the beefs and stuff, I mean, it's easy to go after that kind of personality. So I have no dog in the fight as to who he's fighting with or whether he's right or wrong or they're right or wrong. Yeah, but it's, but it's easy to target to his, him. It's interesting to hear his side. And he's a paisan. So, you know, I like that. 
about him. And I've always said, I think that's a lot to do with the, uh, the, the fact that he gets a lot of hate as well. Why? Because he's Italian? Just the New York aspect of it. Oh. I think that it's very misunderstood. It can be taken the wrong way. Fish out of water. I'm in Virginia. I'm from New Jersey. It's a fish out of water. I can, I get it. I didn't do any preparing for this. Like every question just popped in my head uh, as we were speaking. And I'm glad I thought about the dark, dark side of the ring episode. Cause like I said, as I was watching that, I'm like, man, they are double teaming him and just trying to destroy him. And that's what that show does. Like he even said it, you know, he was blindsided the first time, yeah. but it was, in, it's always interesting to get his take on things. Um, so I, I always appreciate him coming on. Um, so that, that was a very, very, good episode i thought they're all good on here what can i say we give you the best content out there uh so higher, i, I really higher content like, higher hotness yeah <laughs> sizzling lit as the kids would say um but uh chad what do you got going on how can people follow you on social media uh, you can follow me on x on twitter at chad emb uh you can go to my website is ibexclusives.com uh instagram is at ibexclusives um, I just want to encourage everybody to uh, head over to our YouTube channel and uh, grab a membership, subscribe, subscribe, subscribe. I'll let you give the big pitch, but um, that's what the focus is right now. So um, yeah, that's all I have uh, right now, but I'm sure there'll be more coming in the near future. The year is almost over. And I think, like you said earlier, 2024 is going to be uh, a huge year for both of us. The YouTube has blown up. Uh, our our one video is almost at twenty k, which is amazing. Uh, uh, that's a million. <laughs> I give uh, my thoughts about um, you know Tammy Sitch sentencing, um, and we're gonna probably hit twenty k within the next couple hours on that one. But we need your support. I want to get to ten k by the end of the year, and it's amazing how many people watch and are not subscribed. So uh, go over to ECW Diva Francine, hit that subscribe button, ring that bell so you get the notifications. It is free. It does not cost you anything. If you would like additional content uh, for $5.99 a month, you can have a channel membership and uh, that gets you exclusive clips that no one else can see except for our members. So uh, that's something to dive into but again just if you could just subscribe that would mean the world to me um and if you want to follow me on social media you can find me at ecw diva francine i'm going to change my outro line i hope you are staying safe i hope you are staying healthy and most of all i hope you are staying strong.